0: It's going to be interesting as we move towards sustainability because there are a lot of trends in putting information in videos, making these videos longer, the metaverse, virtual reality, augmented reality. They're very attractive technologies, but maybe not the most energy efficient approach. So we have to be really careful and balanced with how we're approaching these.
1: Hello and a very warm welcome to this, our second series of transformation stories from the award-winning Velltech Cafe. Last year, we spoke to more than 25 global brands and industry experts about their experiences of digital transformation, and this series is no different. From airlines to retailers, manufacturers to healthcare companies, this is a podcast series that strips away the digital buzzwords and challenges what we all thought we knew about our industry. Covering topics from the circular economy to customer experience, emerging tech to composable architectures, we're removing the filters and getting to the bottom of what's really going on in digital today. I'm Tizzy Philp, and welcome to the podcast. Throughout this series, we've heard from brands who are putting sustainability at the center of their agendas. No longer deemed as something that can be tackled in a few years' time, we're all acutely aware of the need to act today to reduce our carbon footprint and help reverse the damage happening to our planet. In recent times, people have become more conscious of the impact that our online activity is having. Yet, at the same time, we're all continuing to move more processes, experiences, and activities online – Ironic then, you might say that a digital agency is facilitating this conversation, but as the next 30 minutes or so will highlight, there are options at hand to make an impact here too. Today, I'm joined by experts from Veltech to discuss the challenge we're facing and the tools and approaches we can all take to reduce our carbon footprint and make the right choices for our customers and the users who interact with them on a daily basis. So to kick things off, I think we should probably start with some introductions to who we have on the call. And Jasper, perhaps we can go to you first.
2: Yeah, thank you, Tessie. Well, I'm Jasper van den Bus. Uh, I'm a DevOps director at Veltech and as such, I kind of uh, Oversee the ways of working between development and operations, obviously. I have a special specialty. I'm I'm managing a team of cloud engineers and cloud architects. So in that sense, doing a bit of managed cloud hosting over there. And yeah, in that DevOps way of working, of course, it's a little bit of the hippie corner of uh, IT. (laughs) uh, (laughs) So in that sense, this topic fits right into my
3: area, you could say.
1: Perfect. Welcome. Manuel, how about you?
3: Hey, so yeah, I'm Manuel dos Santos. I am the director of front end here for Vault Toronto. And yeah, I'm a designer and a developer. And mostly,
0: of all things, I'm a builder of the web.
1: Welcome. And finally, Ava.
0: Yeah, hi. I'm uh, Ava Wilson. I'm a front end developer in uh, Vault Switzerland. Previous experience with environmental science and research with NOAA in the US. So kind of have a mixed interest in uh, the environment and front end and how we build things and how we impact people.
1: Awesome! Thanks, everyone. And thanks again for joining me to tackle this topic. So I want to start with some stats that might help to highlight the carbon footprint of our online activity, just so that we can give people an idea of the scale of things. And Jesper, when we were having the prep conversation for this, you came up with some pretty frightening stats. Can you... Let us know some of those and set the scene for us a little here.
2: Yeah, well, our, whether they're frightening or not, I'll leave that to the audience. But <laughs> I pulled up some numbers here and there. It is said that the internet and everything that's uh, concerned with this would take up 3.7% of the total global energy consumptions, of which 1% would be taken up by data centers. This, is, of course, this is on the global energy consumptions that includes... Everything uh, varying from industry to uh, traffic to households, etc. What is interesting is, I focused a little bit with my numbers on on clouds, obviously, from my own uh, expertise. So, uh, there there I saw a very interesting number that the energy consumption of data centers, excluding cryptocurrency, is around 1% of the global usage, as I just said, which is about 200 to 250. Terawatt hours, and which is interesting if you compare that to the cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency alone takes 100 terawatt hours. But okay, this is not a conversation around cryptocurrency, but cryptocurrency is indeed consuming a lot of energy. But outside cryptocurrency, we're still spending 200 to 250 terawatt hours on global data centers. And which is interesting is that. There is a shift of energy usage in the internet going from essentially devices to data centers. It is said that going from 2012 to 2017, the total internet consumption, as you could say, uh, this is by the way, uh, data that was collected by climatecare.org, that it it moved from 57% consumed by devices to 34% used by devices while data centers moved from 15% to 23% of the total internet usage of course that could mean a lot of things you know devices could have become more energy efficient but it is very likely to say that we have more devices nowadays. So the consumption of data centers is, is more likely to have grown, but you always, always have to be a little bit careful with these numbers and interpreting them in a specific way, of course. The, what you see here is that this is this cloud usage happening. The energy consumption moves from your local device to data centers, which is not to say that the energy consumption or the carbon footprint of device usage has decreased. mm mm-hmm. I've got a lot more numbers, but let's let's stick to this and we'll <laughs> That's
1: great. That's great for an introduction, and I know that we're going some of those numbers are going to crop up again as we keep talking and and start digging into this subject a bit more because as shocking as those numbers might be, as a digital agency, we know that our clients are coming to us with the ambition to deliver better experiences for their customers, and often that's via digital means. So how are we going to now approach these requests without making the problem worse? In the long run, I'm still setting the scene a bit here. Jasper, let's go back to you for that one.
2: In the prep call, we're already talking about it. Indeed, clients are coming to us asking, okay, what what do we do for sustainability? You know, if if you look into the choices you can make for sustainability, we, we can advise our clients to make certain choices. But in the end of the day, it's the client's choice, of course, what they will accept in order to increase the sustainability of whatever project they are running. So the objective of becoming sustainable is something that should be in the requirements of becoming a digital company. You should also add to that, I want to become a sustainable digital company, and that could influence the choices you make in technology or even design. When you go ahead and step in, a step on that, that roadmap of becoming as digital as you can and increasing your business. Just to point out a couple of notices that I've found. For instance, research shows, and I've got the references here if you like, but research shows that virtualization and moreover, cloud is consuming less energy than on-premises hosting. And this is my topic, the hosting topic. So then a logical choice would be okay i'll i'll move my entire infrastructure into cloud and thus i will make a, a sustainable decision and and reducing my energy consumption but as we all know the move to cloud has not exactly reduced our energy consumption when it comes to infrastructure why because of the availability of resources so when you're moving from an on premise Installation, you may have not considered doing, for instance, something like geographic load balancing, which means that you have uh, your infrastructure in in two different geographical places in the world for increased performance because it was too expensive. But now you're in clouds, and at the tip of your fingers, you can you know create infrastructure on the other side of the ocean. So why shouldn't you? And at reasonable rates at that. So, then suddenly you are actually consuming more energy than you were doing previously. And here you can see very clearly that, although cloud, in principle, due to a couple of reasons, which we can dive into later if you like, is more sustainable, then the choices you make in cloud can increase your energy consumption.
1: Jesper, just to quickly dive in here. So, when brands or clients approach us and they're looking to become more sustainable, is the assumption generally that a cloud-based solution is the answer is that what the the general consensus is is that if we go to cloud then it will be a more sustainable solution
2: as i'm trying to sketch out with my previous answer it's not the answer but it can be part of an answer many of our clients are already in cloud so in that case you cannot make that choice anymore but there is research saying that virtualization is more energy efficient but there are more aspects to that you know if you have an on-premises infrastructure you always scale that infrastructure to your peak usage so you have a certain amount of redundancy in that infrastructure since cloud is very big the redundant infrastructure can be reused for different purposes you even have on on demand spot resources and etc that you consume more resources as they are available so in that sense your redundant capacity within your data center is used more efficiently over the different clients that that cloud provider may have so in that sense it is more efficient the other part of of clouds being more efficient is that or more sustainable is that cloud providers are from their own initiative, or being pushed by legislation, or being pushed by popular demand, becoming more and more sustainable. Many cloud providers are actually going out there trying to make their data centers run on sustainable energy, making claims to be 100% carbon neutral, etc. So Mm -hmm. there may be things, you know, these data centers of cloud providers will most probably uh, become more eco-friendly over time than your own data centers, if you have to uh, manage your own data centers or data centers of smaller providers who just don't have the capital or the capacity to be as sustainable as the bigger cloud providers. But of course, that also has, has another side that you have to look closely at, is that claim, for instance, of that carbon neutral hosting, is also for for a large part based on on what they call renewable energy credits which is mm-hmm. basically sustainability claims which you can buy so in this way you invest in environmental projects which in sense is not a bad thing i mean you're still stimulating sustainability around the globe but not by improving your own practice you're yeah. you're doing it by investing in into other initiatives
1: essentially an offset
2: yes yeah
1: yeah he also, when we were talking about this mentioned something quite, quite funny, which was well, not funny, but data centers, they're considering, you know, data centers at the bottom of the ocean to a cooler environment. And then the question springs up, all right, but what's the environmental impact of building a data center at the bottom of the ocean? Yes, it might be cooler and,
0: <laughs> you know, that yeah. takes less
1: energy to run, but it's some interesting things coming up that they're thinking of, right?
2: Yes, there were some experiments around that. The same goes, of course, that yeah, you had this anecdote in, in, in the Netherlands where uh, there was a comedian make, making this statement that there was this area in, in Holland where they create this windmill park with 100 windmills. And it was supposed to feed 370,000 households of energy. But in the end of the day, it was not feeding 370,000 households, but just Mm -hmm. one data center. (laughs) (laughs) But having said that, it is a windmill park. It is sustainable energy. But probably the people living close to that 100 windmills or the birds flying into those windmills will probably have a different opinion about it.
1: Before we move on then, so we're talking about how... Everyone has sustainability on their agenda. Clients are approaching us wanting to be more sustainable, wanting to find ways to build technology or deliver new experiences that have sustainability at their core. We're talking about the fact here that there are multiple options from a hosting perspective. So whether we're talking about cloud hosting or on-premise, Both of them seem to have pros and cons. And Manuel, I want to bring you in here because this is evidently a multifaceted conversation. And I wonder if we can take a look at the flip side when it comes to building a website or whatever it might be, where is most of the energy being expended and beyond that hosting conversation, where can we make energy savings via something like, for example, design? Maybe we can set the scene a little bit for people who are baffled by how these stats how these numbers can be so vast for energy consumption online
0: yeah sure
3: so basically when we analyze where the energy consumption comes the most when you access a website or when you're using a digital asset or something um, in terms of design the most important thing to analyze here is how the user will interact with that website with that web page So when we look into it, there are a few things that consume more energy. For example, there are assets that are very costly, like videos, for example, they're very heavy to process on the client and they are also using energy for data transfer from the server all the way to the user because they tend to be heavier. Same thing for images and another cause for more energy consumption on a user is tracking codes. And uh, all this analytics. So if you try to reduce these assets, it might improve the energy consumption of their website. And it goes a little bit deeper in terms of UX as well. When you try to consider the user journey, as optimized as that user journey could be, the better it is for sustainability. Because if it's easier for the user to find what they want and to reach that, you know, what they want within a website the less time they will spend the less energy is consumed same thing for steps and completing an action for example for an e-commerce so you have to find the product you want and then you have to go all through the steps for the shopping cart and the checkout experience the faster it is let's say the less interaction less data transfer happens and less time the user is exposed to that website so less energy
1: do you think then there are obvious ways that that you've just described which is great thank you of energy expenditure but what do you think the payoff is from an experience point of view because we're in the business of delivering excellent experiences is it about reducing time on a page as you said making it easier can you ever deliver a brilliant experience if we're considering sustainability can we ever make it, you know, visually impactful, immersive, if we're having to consider sustainability? Is there a payoff?
3: Yes, yeah, of course, because basically all that was said is the best practice for UX because you're optimizing your user's time. You're making them achieve what they want as efficiently as they can. That helps the user and also addresses sustainability. It addresses accessibility, for example, because you're optimizing interactivity. So not a very normal user journey where the user just needs to find the content or complete a goal, Uh, using the same example of the e-commerce, like they have to buy something, Mm -hmm. the easiest and the fastest it is, the best it is for the user and consumes less energy. So it's a win-win.
1: If I'm going to bring you in here, because when we were, again, having this prep conversation about the hundreds of parts of this topic that we wanted to talk about, you made some really interesting points. I think I brought up the fact that we've just recorded another podcast on the metaverse and this idea that digital experiences are moving from just being web-based or mobile app-based or whatever to being fully immersive experiences. The metaverse is a, is a, a clear example of that. How can we possibly balance the future of experiences with best practice, like Manuel's just mentioned, and making sure that we're not pushing ourselves towards a future that is actually more impactful from a carbon standpoint?
0: Yeah, it's interesting a lot of times because we've always seen new technologies come in that have allowed us to do uh, more interesting, more fascinating, more impactful things over the internet. And I think really one of the things to think about here is that there is likely a time and a place for a lot of these things. And Sometimes I feel like we chase these new technologies and implement things on them that don't necessarily need to be there. Things like the metaverse will have certain uses, certain places. And I think it's important to make sure that when we're working with clients and we're investigating ideas about, you know, should we put uh, this portion into the metaverse? Will this bring value to the client and the users? Is really evaluating, especially for a company that wants to be uh, sustainable, what are the impacts here. You know, how much does this really need to be in something like the metaverse or virtual reality? How much is a gimmick versus how much are we actually improving the user experience? Going back to what Manuel had said, I think that if there was a UX case where you could, for example, accomplish a user's goal much easier and faster in the metaverse, then perhaps even if you're using more energy per a unit of time, uh, you're spending less time trying to communicate the same information and the same data. But it's going to be interesting as we move towards sustainability because there are a lot of trends in putting information in videos, making these videos longer, the metaverse, virtual reality, augmented reality. They're very attractive technologies. They have a lot of good use cases, but maybe not the most energy efficient approach. So we have to be really careful and balanced with how we're approaching these. And
1: that's a really good point, because it is very much about a balance, isn't it? So I'm wondering, when brands or customers come to us and say that they want to achieve these things, how do we help them to make the right decision? How do we help them to decide whether it needs to be, you know, what their hosting options are and what the best option for them is?
0: Yeah, uh, I think we've, you know, we've mentioned before that it definitely has to be a partnership between, you know, not just us, the company, the client that we're working with as well, will have to make decisions about how they present, what content they present, how they organize their content. I think what we said before was that you can't really outsource sustainability. As much as we can learn and do as Valtech, we cannot make a company sustainable.
1: Do you think people are looking for us to do that? Do you think there is an element of outsourcing your sustainability challenge?
2: I don't think there's really a notion of outsourcing, but companies may be searching for a way to contribute not being sure exactly where to start or how that applies to a digital project, because the sustainability within a digital project is a little bit invisible. Uh, you know, it's not as visible as mm-hmm. uh, you could say a smoking chimney. You could say, right? <laughs> but you, you're making choices, and then it consumes energy, and that energy is then either produced sustainable or not. So it's it's much harder to pinpoint when you are sustainable or not but i think there are some areas to start which are easy to start i mean using less cloud resources also cost less so there, there's something that, <laughs> that i guess uh, most companies uh, will not have a problem with you know lower costs lower energy consumption but other choices could be in more conflicting sustainability versus, you know, certain requirements or something. Or sometimes it could be the other way around. For instance, it could matter if if you, as a company, you you know, sustainability is part of your policy and, and you really want to make your choices based on sustainability. Then, for instance, take that with you in selecting a cloud provider. Then don't automatically choose the cheapest option. But the more sustainable option, for instance, when you think this this company is making the right choices, then I'd rather prefer that one than the other one that may be cheaper in the long run, but is making different choices. That could be a reason to do it. So in that, that sense, it's a balance. Some choices are easy to make because it saves costs, for instance, and some choices will be more difficult to make because it limits the uh, amount of freedom that you have or, or certain features that you may want but can't have. Or as we were talking about design, for instance, you may have a design that is uh, not sustainable. You have to, to deviate from your brand style that you normally do. So then it's a hard choice. Sustainability is also about change and also about changing the way you look at your own business Yeah, in a sense.
1: Manuel, I'm going to bring you in here because I think you've got something to add.
3: Yes. I think with the balance is the biggest argument here. And also, like it's all about the choices. Jasper said that a lot. So first thing, sustainability should be a high requirement like security and privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so every choice you make, you should consider it. what's the biggest impact in between the choices you have, which ones are causing the biggest impact in what are the most uh, efficient after that, after your choices are made, maybe you have strong cases for the ones that are not the most optimized or the mo- not the ones the most efficient. So the second step, is always optimize as much as you can. I said about optimizing design, but um, even though you might need to use lots of videos of, or images, because it's what you need to, to communicate, how you want to communicate with, the, with your customers and users, there are ways for you to optimize that on the development side. So, again, from a development perspective, performance, performance, performance—that's how you you should be doing as well. It's a best practice. It also impacts sustainability. Like, how much JavaScript are you using on the client, and all these other things that might be energy-consuming, using a lot of lots of energy. If you use a more modern architecture, like let's say headless and uh, static site generators then you can uh, cache pretty much your entire website if that's possible and then that reduces the data load and transfer on the from the server to the websites for to the clients
1: do you think we'll ever be in a position where sustainability is as standard so we're talking sustainable technology as standard and the choices will be reduced because it's as you say it's all about making the right choices but at the moment there are lots of choices available to people and some of them are less carbon friendly than others do you think we'll ever get to a point where that choice is reduced and we go towards a sustainable as standard approach to tech
3: in my opinion I think yes that's possible as I said Sustainability, I think it's, um, I don't know, it's a concern that's fairly new for, mm-hmm. for, for businesses. But I think if we can get it at the same level as security and privacy, those are strong requirements that companies work with now. Yeah, We've seen accessibility trail that road already, where it was first ignored, then kind of pushed through, uh, between projects and people were like not too happy to make accessible decisions. Now it's more common sense that you should be making accessible decisions. Sustainability, I think it's getting there. And the most we, we can push for it, the more ingrained it gets into our industry. And, uh, it, it becomes more like, let's say an automatic decision. Every project we make sustainable decisions.
1: God, that would be great, wouldn't it? Ava, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, that's definitely good considerations from that side. And then I think, you know, we're also going to see renewable energy does not seem to be slowing down. The prices are are coming down gradually over time. And eventually it's going to be cheaper for these data centers to run and operate in areas that have full sustainable power than perhaps other energy mixes, which is going to make it potentially cheaper for clients who want to go to those hosting providers. And there's also the possibility of legislation coming in in the future, looking to set and enforce sustainability targets for companies. So I think one way or another, I think, yes, it's it's the smart choice. The same with accessibility. I think people are realizing Reaching more people, helping people is better for my business is better for, you know, my image, if if they're the kind of company that is concerned with image. So I I think there's going to be a mix of it's naturally becoming a more attractive and a smarter thing to do. And people are migrating that way. Uh, and it's also going to get to be the cheaper solution and potentially a required solution for some fields.
1: Yeah, and ultimately it is the right thing to do, as we said in the introduction there. No one's denying that we're heading down a dangerous path unless changes are made and unless this and well, and if this industry can can make a difference in in helping a recovery, then fantastic. Jesper, let's end with you here then. If you were to have one takeaway from this, what would you what would you say? Only one. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll I'll give you two.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think it is also going to be easier to become sustainable. And that has a lot to do with the fact, I mean, Eva was referring to legislation. It's certain there's going to be legislation. There's also already legislation in preparation in both US and, and Europe. So this legislation is going to force cloud providers and hosting providers to become more eco-friendly. Also, you have developments, for instance, around IoT, where you will have devices in the end that provide their own energy by solar panels or whatever. So what we see is that our our very foundation of the digital will become more eco-friendly, but it will stop if we don't continue to demand that of ourselves and of the partners that we work with. So my take out would be, yes, we're going into the right direction. And I'm hopeful that in the end of the day, it will be, you know, almost naturally become sustainable, but there's a road there and and we need to stress the importance of it and demand sustainability, require sustainability on the road.
1: Jasper, Manuel and Ava, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. That conversation has been going on for half an hour and I'm sure it could have gone on for a a lot longer with lots more to talk about. But thank you again for joining us and for all of those insights and looking forward to seeing what happens in the next few months. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Liz.
1: You've been listening to the latest transformation series from Valtec Cafe. Hit subscribe to get access to our whole back catalogue of conversations. And if you'd like to know more about what we do, why not visit us at valtec.com for all the details. Until next time, thanks for listening.